Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Before we get started, I just want to say on behalf of every single Met fan out there, this is the Rico Bronya Podcast. On behalf of all of the people that were at Chase Stadium on that October night, on behalf of every Met fan that's watched this man pitch, let me just tell Adam Wainwright, can you go f*** yourself? <laughs> wow. Wow, you weren't kidding. You were. You came in hot. Subscribe and listen to the Rico Bronya Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these goats. Let's hump the fence. It's Al and Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, I get the thumbs up from Eddie. That means we's the goes. Uh, Al, how are yous? Oh, hi, Jerry. Now, the uh, warm-up program which comes on after the post-game podcast. At the very end of it, I don't know how we got into this, but I, I told you a story about how when I was little, my mother caught my schween in yes. the zipper, mm-hmm. and I had to go to the doctors because she wanted to make sure I was okay. Mm-hmm. And I re- do recall, I had to be like two or three years old. This is like one of my early memories. Yeah, I remember having to be up on the table standing, and the doctor was just looking at my schween and i even recall like you know there is a part of your schween which sometimes has a different tint mm-hmm. purplish purple's a weird color yeah. but i know what you're saying it's around the rim of the head this is a podcast jerry i'm allowed to say I, that as long as we're not live and i think my mother thought that she caught the zipper and turned it purplish and I, I, I kind of even recall the doctor saying that's normal. Right. Do you think this was the start of all of my penis Maybe. hypochondriac? Yes. This is a very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? This was a stressful situation for you. Right. So I think it's very possible that this is where, I guess Andy and Living is not going to get on. Um, Sorry, Andy. This is This is where the first thoughts you've had of that area right this is where it was uh it festered from this is where it all started yes we're very impressionable when we're young who knew i'd become so focused the seeds were planted at around yes. two two and a half years old when you yes. had a penile issue mm-hmm. so i think that's very possible do you recall any issues uh wherein no. when you were little you had to go to the emergency room or oh the... for sure i've been in emergency room a million times you have oh god as yes. a child oh yeah the first one I remember, and it's not two, but I was probably four. Okay. Going to preschool for the first time. 
there with my mom, and we were all gathered in like the lobby, waiting to go into the classroom for the first day. And I leaned on a door that was not closed or locked or shut, quite frankly, and I fell down the stairs. <laughs> oh, was the door to stairs? <laughs> yes. and you went. <laughs> Someone didn't shut the door, so I leaned on it. And did you I, roll all the way down to yes, the bottom? I sure did. Yes, I did. Was it one of those stairs where it's divided up, where you hit a landing and mm-hmm. that other steps? Or you? It was like no, a long. No, it was like stairwell. twelve stairs all the way down to the basement, basically. <laughs> um, and I remember going to the hospital for that because I think my mom thought I broke my wrist. Okay, if I remember correctly. I remember I was so young. I I didn't have a cast or anything. I probably had like an ace bandage. I was probably fine. But so my first day of uh, preschool, I do remember that did not go well. Yeah, that was a tough day. That's a, a tough first day of uh, school. That was a tough first day of school, donk, yes. Donk, donk, donk. Yeah, no, I had, uh, I also, when I was in football, but I was older, I ran into a pole. Uh, that was a problem. Playing football. There was a short, we had run laps, and you would have practice from six to eight or so, and as you go deeper into the fall, it's dark. So when we were on laps, it was two baseball fields looking at one another, which created a big square, and that's where we practiced. And they would make us do laps around the fields. And one night, the captain of our team, I forget his name, his name was Anthony, I think, he took us around the backstop to get the extra work in. I think I was 10. And back there, and it's still there, was a short, about a three-foot steel pole. I don't know what the hell it's there for. And dun 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 dun, dun and down. <laughs> fractured my knee. You hit your knee on the pole? Yes. Hairline fracture of the knee ended up in the hospital that night. My coach came to see me, actually. Oh, that was nice. I think I was 10. Did you say, happened. Coach, tell the boys, win one for Jerry. <laughs> for the wrecker? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> win one for the wrecker. No, they, I didn't do that. I broke a rib playing football. They're a bad. lot of injuries then. You're right. You have been to oh, the yeah. ER. 17, I almost that was the big killed one. myself by mistake. Where you put your hand through a, through a glass door. A glass door. That was a problem. Uh, so that I've been to the hospital a lot of times. Went to the hospital when I was filling in after uh, Craig took his long vacation with heart troubles, which oh, right. really weren't. Mm-hmm. Stress. That was stress-related. stress-related. Yes, it was. Um, so, you know, I've had a lot of hospital visits. Yeah. Many, actually. A broken collarbone, right to the emergency room. Broken ankle, emergency room. Torn Achilles, emergency room. Wow, you have uh, <laughs> yes. you have screwed your body up in some ways. Yeah, I wasn't a bad tear; it was a partial tear. It didn't like snap, and you know, I didn't rupture or anything. But that was that sucked. Yeah. Yep. I stuck a, a raisin in my nose when I was little. I had to go to the emergency room, and my mother said just before the doctor came out to see me, I sneezed, and it, and it came out. out. Yeah. <laughs> Then one other, only other time I remember as a child going was I was uh, jumping curbs with my BMX bike, mm-hmm. and I hit this one curb high and you went over the top. No, I fell and the steering the the handlebars jammed into my sternum. Sure, really just knocked the wind out of me, but I didn't know it at the time. Good yeah. dog, help me. And if have you ever had the moment of holy crap, I might have just done it. Like, like this could be it. No, I, I did with my wrist. Yeah, with your wrist slashing your wrist, that with, I did. putting through a. You did yeah. that on purpose or not on no, purpose? No, I, I was at a. I was working at the gas station, and every night there were two bays, three bays where they fix cars. Part of your responsibility, especially after eight o'clock when it slows down, you got to clean the floors to make sure. And so, part of cleaning the floors was also emptying the oil into the container that's in the ground. Um, then they used to drain it. 
for all the oil changes. You know, you, so you would drain it into the little uh, hole in the ground, basically. And one night, I was I did everything, and I looked over, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw black, and I thought, and there was, there was a little bit, but it wasn't nearly as much as I as I thought. I thought that the oil was overflowing everywhere, and it was a clear door, and I just thinking it was open. I just turned, and my hand went right through the glass and shattered it. And I guess, as they said, I probably pulled back, and that's where the cut. If I was one straight through, they would probably be okay. But you hit it and you pull, and that's where the the slice comes from. And you would work and it by blood yourself. Just starts spurting out like crazy. It's by myself, and so. Um, yeah, and so when the the fire department came to, I don't remember why. Maybe it was the next hour. That's why it was a fireproof door. Fire department came. They're like, how the hell did you put, how's that possible? And, you know, the guy's like, man, you hit the one weak spot in that glass because right. the glass was thick. I'm like, yeah, well, I <laughs> I went through it pretty good. It's like when you uh, crack a windshield. Sometimes it's like the smallest thing. And other times you'll be on the turnpike and you'll hear boom and yeah. you get no crack. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's where it hits. Yep. Yep. So you all, called nine one one. I actually didn't. Um, Did you wrap yourself up? So I, so I was bleeding pretty good. I didn't know how. I didn't realize the extent of how bad it was. I went right to the sink, and put the water on, and I saw my wrist was open, and I said, "Uh oh." And you were aware at that point that people slash their wrist to kill themselves sometimes. Like that's a For sure. that's not oh, a place you want to be. Cut. Oh, hundred percent. I knew I was nervous. I mean, so I grabbed a rag, which probably wasn't the cleanest. <laughs> nice oily and I rag. Remember tying my wrist up as tight as I could. And it, you could see the blood. It didn't take long for the blood to start coming through the rag, too. And I, This is the most amazing part of this. Yeah. I go back in. My aunt lived around the corner, worked at the hospital. So I called her, and she goes, I'll be right there. I'm calling 911. Okay, great. So I sit back. I probably shouldn't have sat back then. Guy comes in for gas. I go out with the blood. I'm like, hey, I'm sorry, uh, but I kind of hurt myself. Uh, he gets in the car to say anything and zooms off. <laughs> Didn't help. Nothing. Just gone. I was like, <laughs> okay, great. Thanks. Hope I don't die. Like, <laughs> and I probably wasn't as calm as that. Yeah. But I remember I didn't freak out, but I was nervous. And my, my aunt got there and immediately rewrapped my wrist. She said I looked pretty pale. I had lost a lot of blood. Damn. And within, I'm telling you, Al, within 60 seconds of her getting there, the ambulance was there. And they started very quickly um, with the with tape and stuff, closing it. And they got me to the hospital. I was there all night. Who took over the gas station? Uh, the, my, the owner of the, of the gas station came. Oh, he came down? Yeah. I thought your aunt was going to have to stick around and pump gas for my people. My dad got there pretty quick, too. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, you you went in the ambulance when they oh, were yeah. working on you? Oh, for sure. It was like one of those rides where the, you're getting yeah. hooked up. And... Yeah. Oh, I had a few of those. Yeah. <laughs> yes. My goodness. Yeah. That was a that was And a you tough stole night. the scar. Do you think of that when you see it? Or has it been so many years you don't think of it? Oh, I, every time I see it, I remember that night. Do you vividly? Do you think? Let me ask you this: When you see that big scar on your wrist, do you think life is fragile? Well, I think I've been pretty uh, consistent with that. Yeah, for a very long time now. That life is indeed fragile. But yeah. you had an experience. I could say life is fragile. I don't think no, I have I, ever had a near death experience. I don't know how close I was to That's passing pretty out. Bad. And I know, and I, I definitely lost a lot of blood. And they told me. They showed me, too, how I really came really close to probably just bleeding out very quickly, which is nuts. Right, because if you pass out, you're there by yourself. You oh, pass out. Yeah, gone. There's yeah. nobody there. 
I was by myself. Um, but here I am. I was seven. It was the summer when I was seventeen or eighteen. Sorry, the summer I was eighteen. So here I am now, thirty years later, and I do think of that night every time I see my yeah. yes. Speaking of summer of, you said uh, summer of '69 is actually about sexual position '69. So I you saw heard this? I saw a top ten summer songs countdown on Access TV. Okay, I, I love the channel. It's just so much music and stuff on it, and. They said that Brian Adams said that's what the song's about. Now, the guy who co-wrote it with Adams says never really thought of it that way, but Adams said that's what he was thinking. So the summer of 69 is about 69. I guess so. I guess so. And then we found out, because I had asked you in the control room, like, when do you think that became a thing? I said the 40s. The position? And then then you looked up the the whole history of it, and it's like before uh, Christ. The Kama Sutra, yeah. I think it's in the Kama Sutra. Are you sure about this? No. Oh. I'm pretty sure. I thought you knew. They did all sorts of weird positions in Kama Sutra. I'm sure 69 is in there. I guess. So I never read the Kama Sutra. Yeah. But I guess they were doing all funky stuff. Back yeah, then. all sorts the of disgusting days before showering. Yeah, all sorts of weird positionings. Think about all the like the hair on the like. Forget the area hair, yeah. which had to have just been horrific. Because I don't know, what do you look for? A sharp rock <laughs> to trim it up? Here's which, a rock. Go trim yourself up. Which you're not. No. So you're probably not. So that's got to be just a mess. A wild mess. I mean, from and now people didn't live as long, but that's a disaster. But also think about if you're doing that yeah. act, the facial hair right. that the men had, and then the area hair that the women had to deal with. Whoa. Right, and the men also had that hair down there that the women had to deal That's with. That's what I just meant. That's oh. what I meant. And you also got to think of this. People's breath back then must have been terrible. Oh, what hideous. a whole stank situation that By is. wooden teeth, Ugh. like George Washington. <laughs> he did have the wooden teeth. That's Classy. hideous. But wooden teeth were probably like for rich people back then. Probably true. That is true. We're talking about like caveman people, 69ing. <laughs> With their stinky buffalo meat breath. Woo! Yeah. Not great. Yeah, not great. Not great. I still not a big fan the fact that our... Exit holes are in that same area. That's weird. That's a weird body positioning. <laughs> yes, it is. Weird body yes, ma- body um, it is. diagramming, blueprinting. That is correct. The human blueprints. They should have said, <laughs> got these two areas very close to each other. <laughs> well, I don't know that. W- right. Were we supposed to be putting mouths in I that I don't know. Area? Right. No. Exactly. No, we weren't. I think it was meant to reproduce. Right. And right. then somewhere along the line, apparently in the year 400 BCE or whatever the hell you call it. Yeah, BCE. Some, someone realized that there's a, it can be pleasurable. Hmm. Uh, let's try this. Yeah. The whole rear end thing, I feel like, is relatively new. Yeah. That doesn't seem like in the year 1820. They bend over. <laughs> yeah, like that's probably not in Kama Sutra. Right? I mean. No. I mean, really, without petroleum jelly. It's and, disgusting. Yeah. It's not for me, Jerry. I just don't think that was a thing. Yeah. Until like, you know, 1994. You think the 90s that started? 
So that wasn't going on in the 70s. I either. don't know. The I 60s. Some, listen, there were you, things going on in the 60s. They might have been sticking things in people's ears. <laughs> summer of love, Jerry. Right. Hey, you go in one ear, I go in the other. <laughs> I bet this whole... I bet we went right off the rails in the 1960s. You're right. Because <laughs> the so 50s too. seemed like a... Very proper. Decade. A very proper... And definitely the 40s. You would think so, yes. But then again... Who knows? If 69 was around... 400 years before Christ was, then, I mean, they might have been sticking wieners in eyeball sockets. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? There was probably a lot of experimenting back then. Oh, my God. It's funny. I listened to an interesting podcast yesterday, Jerry. Uh, Jim Rome. You're familiar with Jim Rome? <laughs> I am familiar with Jim Rome, yes. CBS uh, Sports Radio Network. Who was he on with? So Jason Barrett, who is a sports radio consultant, has a podcast. Well, I guess he's made a business of this. I don't know how. I honestly don't know how. Well, good for him. But I saw, because we get his, uh, at 8 a.m. every morning, I get an email rundown of, uh, like, sports radio news, and it yeah. comes from his company. And then he'll always put on who are on his podcast. Like, he has, a, he has all these different podcasts. So I saw Jim Rome was a guest on his podcast, and they were talking about radio and the future. Right. And it was very interesting to hear, like, Jim Rome, like I said, the Jim Rome show has changed, yes. right? So he used to really just be all about cracking on athletes mm-hmm. and teams, and which he still does some of, but he does a lot of guests. He's he's a little, he's certainly more careful than he was in the right. 90s. right. So it was an interesting conversation. They talked about that and talked about the future of radio and how he's trying to evolve and change. And it was just interesting. It was almost like you were listening to a man in a midlife career crisis. Really? Yeah, it was very, and he was very open about it. It was just. Does it sound like he doesn't enjoy doing it as much? No, it does, but it sounds like he's trying to. He said something. He said. I'm trying to keep my audience the same age as I age. That's tough to do. Which is tough to do. See, I thought Nikki Glaser said something very cool on a podcast I heard her on um, last week called Banging Orgasms. Oh, right. Uh, You subscribe to that? (laughs) Uh, No, that was the name of the podcast with with Emily, whoever she... Emily. Yeah. She said... She was talking about Howard Stern. Her point was trying to be, how do you stay relevant? It's one thing, like, she's had a lot of success. How do you stay relevant, though, through the years? And she goes, like, you know, I look at a guy like Howard, and then, you know, she's like, oh, I heard you all with Howard. You know, it seems like you guys sell fun together. She said, Howard's got the ability, while his show has changed, to still not sound like a guy who's approaching 70 and still be able to maintain and bring on a new audience still. Because some people can do that, some others. Some age out, and others just age, but still maintain that same level of maturity or immaturity or whatever. And I think that's probably the only way you keep the audience young, is if you keep that that state of mind. And if that's the way you're still expressing yourself. Otherwise, I don't know how you do it, because you see, you see as we get older, things change. Yeah. Everything changes. Your life changes. But I think the balance then, too, is that so like a guy like Rome or a guy like Stern, if if you're going to change and evolve, as they say, it's tough because you will turn off your older fans who want the old you. Right. Like for me with Howard, me with Rome, like I loved that 1990s version of yeah. Jim Rome. 
but in order to like in order to get a younger audience you're going to have to do something different yeah it might be uncomfortable and a little out of your out of your zone if you will yeah i don't know it's uh this whole radio thing is uh intriguing yeah then they yeah then they were asking rome about uh podcasts and like cuz he does a a podcast himself called the reinvention podcast yes, he does. where he's trying to do at least you know what at least it's something different than mm-hmm. his radio show where he's talking about this sorts of stuff but you know he he talked about when he was first starting out really there was only radio to be on right and he was kind of crazy because he was trying to stand out in a time when sports radio guys weren't that way on the radio it was mostly straight sports for the yes, most part for sure yeah it just was kind of interesting hearing him trying to well aren't we at a point though too where so we you and I always talk about how a lot of these guys sound the same so if the ripping of athletes has been done already, if the yelling for yell sake has been done already, if the straight sports has been done already, if the sports show without guests is being done, if sports shows with like what else is there? How do you reinvent the business? There's no there's no other way to the only thing I can think of is you invite people on and insult them to their face till they hang up. I, <laughs> I don't know. Till they punch you in the face. Yeah, I don't I don't know how else you which it's, Rome did with uh, Chris Everett, uh, the quarterback. And that was on television. Or no, he was, his name wasn't Chris Everett. He no, was, it was uh, Jim Everett. Jim we Everett. He Chris called Everett. Chris Everett, right. It's almost like you get to a certain point. Like 10-10 wins has probably been, after they tweaked it for years, it's probably been the same now for 50 years, and it's still successful. Are you trying to reinvent that? Or do you just at some point accept the fact that, my God, we've done a, everything, basically come with what you're best at? I don't know. And then even thinking like uh, this was either on the Jim Rome podcast I listened to or Tim Dillon, the comedian, on with Joe Rogan. Yeah. And they were, because I've been listening, I was yeah. listening to both of them. This idea of like, is there even, like radio and TV were a mass media, right? right? Mass mediums. So they were aimed at the masses. That's why you couldn't, you know, if we said, oh, don't talk Rangers, don't talk mm-hmm. Brooklyn Nets, because that's not the mass. The masses want Mets, Yankees. But now, like, do we even have a mass medium? The internet. Uh, yeah, but they're all, like, so... Niche. Niche, right? Yeah, I, when I say the internet, I mean, that's just... That's the one thing every U.S. citizen is on every day. Yeah. Not everybody turns TV on. Not everybody turns the radio on. They might listen to Spotify. They might listen to an app. Uh, everybody is online at some point every day. Right, but is there one, like used to go to CNN or Fox News. There's they're complete opposites. Oh, so they, they they're mass media only to those audiences yeah. that they go to. Yeah, and their mass else. media is a small number. Right. Their audience is not a big number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the NFL. <laughs> You're right. You know what? You're right. That's the it. NFL is the one common thing. That's it. That's that probably- is a mass media. That's why they're always right. You uh, the top 20 shows every year the NFL right it's really amazing and sitcoms and dramas that used to be those those top rated shows are now falling to 18 and 22 and 
because people also just watch stuff on Netflix now and, and Amazon Prime and also, all these like, different things. The award shows used to be big, like the Oscars. It yeah. was like 18 NFL games, the Oscars, and the Emmys. Now, now it's those the are clips out. on YouTube the next day yeah. that get the most hits, but not live. Right, like all we always going on. we always talk about with the late night television. How like that used to be such a prime spot. Sure, Letterman, Leno. Yeah, not anymore. Not anymore. Not at all. They get a lot more views on their clips. Think about when you. So we started this. This is a good way to end it. So we started it when you were a kid. Yes, and your penis got stuck in your zipper. Yep, or whatever. That's where it started. Yes. Think about how different life was when you were not two, but let's say ten. So for me, it was pretty simple. Got up, went to school. My dad went to work. My mom was home, essentially. Would come home after school, would do homework outside until dinner was ready. Father gets, you know, dad gets home around 6, have uh, 5.30, whatever, have dinner, and then usually 7 o'clock, and it was 6 o'clock in the, for baseball, but 7 o'clock for basketball, and football would have been 6, 6.30, whatever, but that was it. You had baseball in the spring. There was generally nothing in the summer except summer. Right, reruns. Fall was football. Winter was was basketball for And then there was always a little bit of a break in between. So while my mom might have been busy getting me to mine and my brother to his practice, that was it. We weren't running from team to team to team to sport to sport. Now things overlap like crazy. Both parents work. You know, the kids, the video games nonstop. It's just everything is so, it's just different. It's like the same, but it's not. Families don't sit down together anymore for dinner. We do. We try to at least three days a week. But that's it because my son's working or not home or he's here. It's just every everything evolves. Radio, life, everything. It's all different. Truth bombs, Jerry. Did you have growing up, did you have any uncles or cousins that were single in their 50s? Or was everybody in your family married with children? No, I had uh, an uncle. My uncle Charlie was never married. Okay. So that's where you drew your inspiration from? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was like, this Uncle Charlie seems like he has a living I life. Had, I had nobody that I could think of growing up that was not married with a family. Not even like just married with no kids. Like with everybody had kids. Yeah. And no one in my family ever got divorced. Except my sister. But I mean, growing up. Didn't right, you know didn't what it see was. It, right. Did not see it. No. And now as I've gotten older and, you know, you talk to your parents, you realize, oh, there are some that should have been. Right. And didn't. Right. That wasn't a thing. No. And you ever think about that, how miserable they live their lives? I cannot imagine. I could not imagine, like, working all day, sitting in traffic, coming home to a and house you miserable. don't want to be at. Yes. And, like, that's it. Once your time runs out, your time runs out. You don't get to get reborn again unless you believe that. We're not sure. Yeah. And then become Al and stay single uh. and carefree. Oh, yeah. yeah, Jerry. It's interesting. It is interesting. It's also depressing if you think too much it's about sad. it. It's sad. It could be sad. Yeah. It could be sad. All right, Jerry, let's do the warm-up show. So Never depressing. Just to be quick. Yes. So I'm just curious how you're going to write this description. Okay. So it's going to be some... Uh, I'm going to say, I'm just going to say emergency room visits. Right. Buttholes and other sexual positions... And then a serious topic about the business of radio. <laughs> it's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy. Good luck with it's the It's not going to be an easy description, Jerry. <laughs> Let's do the warm-up program, program, program. No Mets, no Yankees tonight, Jerry. What the hell are we going to do on the warm-up show tomorrow? Uh, but it is a Thursday tomorrow? Tomorrow's Thursday. All right. 
We'll see you uh, then. 5 a.m. I like to say be there or be square. See ya. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. History is on our side. Swung on and looked to shallow center field. It is a base hit. One run scores Bernie. Here's Matsui. He scores. Bosetta goes to second. WFAN is the home of Yankees baseball. The fan on 1019 FM and the Odyssey app. Good morning, campers. Alan Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't right, suck. They call this thing Wednesday. It's midweek. That means we're closer to the weekend. The Eddie Scazzeri, what is up? It is 5.02. Across from me, his name is Al Wandy Dukes. What's up, man? Good morning, Jerry. How you be? I'm uh, doing all right. Uh, I was very annoyed watching this Met game last night. They blew it in the first two innings. Correct. Blew right, it Jerry, in the first two innings. This is what I have on my notes. Mets blew it in the first inning. Yeah, yeah. They blew it first and second. One out. Yeah. With your big, meaty hitters showing up. Pete Alonzo, cheap pop-up. And then I'm sick of this Vogelback already. <laughs> All this guy wants to do is is work a walk. Yeah. You're the DH. And he can't run. Oh, by the way, he's right. got a hamstring injury. You're the DH. We want you swinging the bat with Designated first and second. hitter. Right. I know. All he, it seemed like all the Mets were interested in last night was getting... The pitch count up. Which is weird because they had no interest in that the night before where you had, uh, what's his name? Herman had about 50 pitches in six innings because they right. were swinging at the first pitch every time. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And then I, last night they must have been told, work a walk, work a walk. And get into the bullpen. <laughs> Even though Montas was Montas was on the uh, was on the ropes early. Right. And then once he settled in, he Correct. was actually okay. But, man, they had chances. I Really, the first two innings they had chances. And then how about... Let's give the Yankees a little bit of credit with the small ball that they played, sacrifice bunt, and even Benintendi before the base hit is actually trying to drag a bunt for a hit, and they were sending the runner from third. So the Yankees did a lot of good things yesterday. And even in the last inning when the Yankees uh, all of a sudden, what's his name? Um, I'm blanking out on who was pitching at the time. I, uh, Clark Schmidt. When all of a sudden he can't get anybody out, you get the bases loaded. You've got Francisco Lindor up. Let's go. And I know he came close. I know he had the foul ball that was so close to him. And one other thing, and I know it stinks that Jeff McNeil was holding the runner on so he couldn't get there, but my God, Pete Alonso looked like a Little League first baseman with that pop-up down the right field line that turns into a single. Holy crap. Pete Alonso had a rough night. Not a great night. The pop-up, the drop, the, the pop-up that he hit in the first inning with yes. first and second. Yes. The pop-up he dropped. What he didn't even drop it. He missed it. 
<laughs> he didn't drop it. It didn't even his glove. He's like turning around, spinning around. Oh, oh, oh. good lord! Snapping the bat over his leg. Yes, that's a dumb move. Yeah, it shows one the other team that you're super frustrated. Yes, it does. And two, that and has. It, I don't care how muscular you are. It that hurts. hurts. It has to hurt. Has to hurt. Yes, he will have a bruise there today. Right, and now he's going to be. He'll be on the deal. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it'll affect his running. Uh, it might. Stupid. But to me, Jerry, the loser of the night is Vogelback. He's my loser of the night. Oh, it's fair. But you, because you, there's a couple guys you could pick, but that's fine. Yeah, no argument with that. Loser of the night. And you know how much I love fat baseball I players, know. Jerry. You, this was a dream come true for you yes. when he came to the Mets. He's got an awkward swing, but somehow it still works. Yeah. But the guy just, the amount, he took two pitches from Montas right down the middle. Yeah. Like, Swing. Like, what are you looking for? Right. I, I couldn't agree with you more. God. I know. It's frustrating. Right. You're right. He, he's trying to work a walk, and then he can't run anyway. Right. So what's the point? We Like, you need to, I forget what Buck said, but it was something to the effect of, not trying to insult anybody, but it kind of is what he is. Meaning, go up there and hit a home run. Correct. <laughs> That's what you're in the lineup Swing for. Swing the bat. Yeah. I know. I, the, the real loser is the Met offense over the last two nights. I just four runs in two games. Against those two pitchers, terror. Not that Herman's. I'm not saying he's, but you didn't even try and work him a little bit. And Montas done nothing but struggle since he's been here, and you came up absolutely empty. One of the it was a Gary or Keith or Ron. One of them was saying in the in the beginning there when when uh, Montas was on the ropes early. Yeah, that that in talking to the I believe the manager I think in talking to uh, Buck Showalter said. As long as we work the pitch count up, it's a win early on in the game. No. No, I disagree with that. No, it's not a win. Then why didn't you do that the night before? I don't know. They don't have answers. Right. That's this, a, that's a weird one. Now, if you're a Yankee fan, this feels like a get-right series no, to me. No, it's 100% right? is because, A, you beat Toronto Sunday. You came back. You took these two. This is what we talked about yesterday. Now you've got the A's. Now, as long as people aren't having sex in the stands, which happened over the weekend. That will happen occasionally out there. Yeah, and there's video of it, which is hilarious. Yeah. Um, so they're big investigation. What investigation? Right. Here's the video. Go get them. It's right. really Here's not the that video. hard. They're in a part of the stands where nobody else <laughs> it's is. It's just them two. Like, what are we doing? It's actually pretty funny. And, I mean, where she is and what's right. going on, it's pretty obvious what's happening. Disgusting. But as long as, you know, that's all taken care of, go out, play baseball, win games. And then all of a sudden, now the Rays won again, so the lead is still eight. But at the end of the day, if they go take, you know, go win the go in the series this weekend, they'll be in fine shape on Monday. And the fact that Aaron Judge now two straight games of the home run when he hadn't hit one in like nine or ten days. He's back. He's back. He's at 48. Yeah. And Ben Intendi has really all of a sudden been, I mean, he was a 300 hitter with the Royals. I know he came here and struggled at first, but now this week it's been a good three, four, five days for him. So, hey, good for you, Andrew Benintendi, and yeah. good for the Yankees. Yeah. I know we're talking to the fans of the Mets and the Yankees here, yes. so it's a little awkward, Jerry. Well, we're praising the Yankees and killing the Mets. Yes. I think it's and fair. And the Braves won again. Yes. Well, they played the Pirates. I know, but things happen. So, uh, what Not does that usually. lead now? Two, two. And two? It's two games. Ponderous. Yeah. Mets have the Rockies this weekend. Braves have the Cardinals this weekend. This is where Ooh, you make up ground now. All right. So... If you look at the Rockies suck, uh, they're not great. Okay. If you, especially in that NL West, please. If you look at 
the rest of the season. Schedule-wise, I could be wrong. I think the Mets have the clear advantage in terms of a lighter schedule. I have heard that from a number of uh, people. Uh, I've heard Evan Roberts reference that. I've heard, uh, I I read John Heyman reference it on Twitter. Yeah. uh, Yeah, that seems to, but you know how they say about that's baseball? Oh, absolutely. It doesn't mean anything. Right. I think in this case, the reason why you point to it is both teams, the Mets and the Braves, have been incredibly consistent against lesser teams. And there haven't been, like, what's the Mets? I, I don't know the answer to this. What's the Mets' longest losing streak this year? Not sure. Uh, they've got, I don't believe they've got any seven-game losing streaks on their on their ledger. They've been a very consistent team. They've won most of their series this year, which is why they are in the position they're in. The Braves had that one little stretch, but for the most part, they've been very consistent. And I think the Braves have – they were talking about it on the broadcast last night too. I think the Braves have seven or eight, maybe even ten games with the Phillies in September. Like, or from here to the end. So, like, they're going to be knocking each other off. Bryce Harper's coming back. Hit two home runs in Lehigh Valley last night. And all – it's just – it is still right there for the Mets to take. And I would still – if I was a betting man, I would still take the Mets to not give up this lead. Right. It, w- it will just be deflating – if they lose oh, absolutely. this series no to question. the Rockies. And you've got one, two, you got a four with the Rockies. Now you come back, you get the Dodgers next week. All right, that's fair enough. But after that, and this is what we were talking about um, whenever it was, after you get the Dodgers, they come home to play the Nationals. So you've got a week set up. Go win five of seven. Go right, win take, whatever. Take three of four from the Rockies. And how many games against the Dodgers? So you got three with the Dodgers, three with the Nationals. So that's six. You got ten. Go take seven of ten. There's no reason they couldn't and shouldn't. And then, oh, by the way, after the Nationals, the Pirates. And then the Marlins. And then the Cubs. You get my point? I see what you're saying. Oh, Jared. and then the Pirates again. I mean, just go win. Just win, baby. Just win. Yeah, I think you used to say that once Let's in a while. Let's get Al Davis out there. Now. For poops and giggles, if I pull up the Braves schedule, just so you understand what I'm talking about, when you look at the Braves schedule, all of a sudden, they've got St. Louis this weekend. All right, they get the Rockies. Oh, then they get the Marlins. Oh, then they get the A's. See, Hmm. this is what I'm saying. All right, here we go. Then this is where I was going to say, what am I missing here? (laughs) Here's the September stretch I was talking about. In Seattle, in San Francisco, against the Phillies, and they have the yeah they have the Phillies a bunch of times. Then you get the Mets at the end. Am I going to have to be rooting for the Phillies in that situation? Yes. Well, I mean the Phillies are ten back, so yes, I would say I would say so. So there's that stretch there of like ten, twelve games that's going to probably decide the division, hmm. ending with the Mets. Yeah, I was so annoyed last night, Jerry. I don't blame you. I understand. It's right in the first inning. It it's, felt like it felt like in that first inning, first and second. Yes. He, the guy didn't, uh, Montas didn't look like he had anything. No. And, and then just we let him off the hook. And not only that, off the heels of Monday night when you did nothing offensively for the right. most part, very frustrating that they couldn't push any runs across. It was just it's what it was. And how about, you know what one bothered me? I would say bothered me the, mo- the most was Nito. He hits the ground ball and even Gary's like, oh, there's no way they're going to get two here. Run. Like, did COVID take your legs away? Yeah, his legs Move. are gone. He got thrown out by five feet. Yeah. That was because br- even if you beat that out, you get a run. So Beatty at least beats out the play. 
so he doesn't they don't get two on him. When Nito hits the ground ball, he's running like he's got a piano on his back. That was oh, that was bad. Yeah, that was bad. That one was bad. So whatever you gonna do. Hey, is there is something going on with a Gary Cohen at the beginning of the uh, broadcast where they do the stand-up part? Yeah, he has like a, a bulge near his. Uh, I actually didn't. I actually turned it on right as first pitch was happening. Yeah. I was. I didn't see that. It looked like a bulge, like near his jaw slash ear, like something. Oh Yeah, it was. It was. That's not good. No, it was concerning to me. I I I googled it and well, I I searched on Twitter. No, no one else was commenting on it. Hmm. Plus, it was just a weird angle. Maybe I didn't. I didn't see it, so I don't know. I, you know, the few times they've shown them in the booth, I have not noticed that. Yeah. So then I, I then I saw a bunch of Yankee fans were pissed that I don't blame them. The Yankee version of this game was don't on blame them. Amazon. This is again. This is not the uh, the world's biggest problem. So understand what I'm. I get it. It's an inconvenience, especially when like last night, for instance, I was out with my son. We got home. And at dinner, I was like, oh, perfect. Seven o'clock, went right to the TV, turned it on. And literally, I would say 30 seconds before first pitch, I put SNY on. There it was. If I would have done that as a, if I was a Yankee fan and went to Yes Network, where's the game? Uh, I'll go to PIX. No game. Uh, five? No game. I, well, it's anno- it is. It's annoying. I, yeah. It just is. And even, even when you know it's there. I don't know about you, but even when I'm watching an SNY, I'm watching a Yankee game on Yes. During commercials, I'm flipping around. I just am. I go to the Little League World Series or whatever it could be on. I'm not interested in having to then grab the other remote, change the input, go back to cable. It is. It's frustrating. Very frustrating. And uh, you've what you've done if you're the Yes Network is you you've handed the the ratings the viewers for Mets Yankees to SNY. No question about it. It's a huge game. Now, locally. I know the game was on TBS. Was that blacked out locally? I never went to it to check. Um, that I'm not sure either. I didn't go to it to check. But from what I was reading about the, with the articles on this, it said uh, SNY and then nationally on TBS. Right. Got the Mets broadcaster. Yeah. Just like Amazon had the Michael K and all those guys, but it was just on Amazon. Right. Instead. So I uh, yeah so I guess it was well, you're saying it had been the Met broadcast on TBS that's what this article said that I was reading really yeah oh so then if you were a Yankee fan even if it was on in New York you were stuck watching yes. Gary Keith and Ron mm-hmm. well what are you gonna do which is not the worst thing Jerry no of they're course terrific they, no but it's just they are but it's, it's still Met slanted yes like for instance when when uh, Jolie Rodriguez comes into the game I mean if you're a Yankee but if you're Michael K. You're probably going to have a different take. Well, you know, then again, they played it right down the middle. Gary made the point, why, you know, why would you bring him in? A lefty against three righties. And then Ron made the point, well, because of the way he pitches, the changeup works the same. I mean, I guess. But, yeah, it's still a Mets slant. So it would probably annoy me, too. Yeah. I would think. I love a Mets slant, Jerry. I'm a Mets fan. I know you are, and that's fine. But I would be, I would have been annoyed if I was a Yankee fan too last night. Correct. And like they the were. streaming stuff is, it's good for access for things that you otherwise couldn't get. Like MLB.tv, if I want to watch the Dodgers and Giants on a Friday night, I've got it. And that's phenomenal. I don't want to have to go to a different streaming service to watch the Mets or Yankees or the Jets or the Giants or the Knicks or the Nets or the Rangers, Devils, Island. It's just, it's an annoyance. It really is. Again, not the biggest problem in the world, but it's an annoyance. You're right with the streaming thing. It's the the flipping. Yes. Which we all love to flip. We're flippers. I like to switch and change channels. Yes. That's it. I don't want to switch inputs. 
annoying. You're a one-input guy. <laughs> I suppose. That sounded weird. All right, let's take a break. I got to actually process that. 516, soon to be 517. Warm-up show till 6. You get Boomer and Geo then on the fan. All right, 523 to Wednesday is the uh, Boomer and Geo coming up top of the hour. Hi, Allie. How are you? Uh, were, were you doing Kevin Durant now and Kyrie yes. Irving? Yes, I do want to do Kevin Durant. I would like to pat myself on the back. Oh, by the way. Why is that, Jerry? Be- Why is that? Yeah. I've been telling you since day one nothing was happening. So Kevin Durant's back. Is that official? It's official, yes. They it's so funny, too, yes. because I get in the car yesterday. And I had to make a phone call. So I would say Ghostbusters. Um, I get in the car. I make a phone call. I get out of the Holland Tunnel. And I turn on Tiki and Tierney. And I hear them talking about Durant. I'm like, that's weird. Like, I'm surprised they're still not talking about the Mets Yankees first hour of the program. And then I hear them talking about this meeting. I'm like, what meeting? Like, what did I miss? And then I'm thinking, "Uh uh-oh. And then I very quickly heard that, oh, and what we just found out. And then you hear all about this meeting in Los Angeles, and uh, he's back. He never went anywhere, nor was he going anywhere. Four-year contract, $200 million. Shut up and play. So it's this, he's, he's staying on the contract he had, right? They didn't agree to a new contract? No, they agreed he's, they're not fielding offers anymore. He's not okay. going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. I th- I, no one knows what happened. My guess would be, quite simply, they are not going to trade him unless they get back, quote-unquote, fair market value. And he's not going to want to go just anywhere. So guess what, guys? You're kind of stuck. Now, this is the thing that I saw over the weekend. And I, I know I, I told Boomer and Geo this yesterday. I started following Nets Kingdom on Twitter. I don't know why I wasn't, to be quite honest. I wasn't I'm a loser. Yes, what thank is you. Mets Kingdom? Net, Nets. Nets. Well, it's just a, it's a Twitter account that has all Nets. But what they do is, I don't know where they get them from, but they get great photos of um, probably because they aggregate sites and stuff like that. They had so much video and and photo footage from the last week of Duran and Irving working out together and practicing in L.A. in gym. And you sit there and say, like, why would these guys all of a sudden, who wanted to play together so badly, now we're breaking up? Why? Especially since Kyrie fully committed because he couldn't go anywhere else because he's been weird. Um, so he's here. They're practicing and playing together. They're supposedly best friends. They're talking nonstop. And I said, like, where's he going? Like, this is what you want. Not to mention, oh, by the way, your best chance to win a championship is right here. So, and I did see one story. It was cool. This is right up your alley. Prior to this news, the Nets were 50-1 to to win the Eastern Conference. After this news came out yesterday, I think they went to 11-1. to So, if you did, if you... But yeah, you've made the bet. I should have too, because I've always said I didn't think he was going anywhere. You were very confident. Oh, I should have made that bet at fifty to one. You know what? I, I heard something sad regarding this on the afternoon program. Sad. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, uh, it bothered me. Okay. Because uh, Evan, they were they were brought up this uh, Kevin Durant meeting and all this stuff, and uh, Craig had asked him if he heard if he who he was listening to on the fan, when, and Evan said. I don't go to the fan for Nets news. Neither do I. And that bothered me. Why? This is what I've said but forever. This, I don't under I don't know how we got to this spot. Because we've been a Nick Ranger Met Yankee station, Giants Jets. But if now the the hockey 
I'll take off of the, for this conversation. Sure. But since the Nets moved to Brooklyn and yeah. they got, especially once they got Kyrie and KD, mm-hmm. how is that not a, that is just a decision by the individual talk show host. Correct. Right? To, yes, to this not is what, talk about the Nets. This is what I've said many times. Evan went to some podcast to, to yeah. get the news. I believe to that. Get the, he didn't say get the news because he was aware of the news. Yes. To get the conversation about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. For sure. And he only talked about uh, uh, you and Keith McPherson as being Nets fans, and he doesn't want to hear from Correct. anybody else. This is what I and this is I know, And I know Boomer and Gio got upset with me when I said it. But when all you do is mock a franchise, I'm not interested in what you have to say. And it's not just them. I don't want to hear what Craig has to say. Brandon is a little bit more down the down the middle, although he says en- enough. He's gotten to the point in enough times where he says, I can't stand that franchise. I don't know if I want to hear from him either. Um, Tiki very much is right down the middle with it, so I'm fine. But that's kind of what I was saying to them. I, the last thing I want to hear if there's net news, I don't want to hear from people that do nothing but bash them, trash them, and mock them. Why? Your opinion doesn't mean anything to me. Now, on the Mets and the Yankees and the Knicks and the Giants, absolutely. But when you've spent, you know, years and years and years just killing them, you know. Yeah, it was weird. That that, uh, that bugged me because you could turn on this station at any time and hear talk about the Knicks. All the time. Now, in, but, but, but in fairness, it's a Nick. It, it's I don't know how it ever changes because the Knicks have been brutal. But who decides it's a Knicks town? Well, the fans, I would think. I guess, but there, there's really no way to prove that, right? The, the, it's not like the, I don't the know because Barclays Center is empty. No, the Barclays Center sells out, and when the Nets do great things, they put them on the back page of the Post and the Daily News. That is very true. And nationally, big people story. are very interested in the story. Nets. NBA fans, yes, hundred percent. Which is what Boomer has always said: the Nets are a national team; they're not a New York team. Okay, to it you. Just feels right. I watch the Nets every night. That feels it just the feels weird. Season. There's no other team that that would happen to, and we'd not be interested in New York to Correct. talk about. That is very true. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I guess you can make the case when the Rangers are good, and we've seen it. It's you can feel it. If the Devils are really good, eh, as much as I like them, there's no buzz around them. Because it's more of a Jersey, South Jersey thing. It's not a New York thing. The Islanders are an interesting one. Because while the Islander fan base is not what the Ranger fan, by, fan base is, they're loud. And it's a, it's, a, it's a rabid fan base. But it's still not the same as the Rangers. For whatever reason. I don't know. I, I don't know. And the Nets thing. We're doing ourselves a disservice not covering the Nets. I have especially, agree, especially with these personalities. Yeah. I agree with and you. And when they're winning. Yes, I agree. We love a winner. We do love a winner. I could easily hop on a Nets bandwagon if they... Come aboard, Al! <laughs> if they were doing well. You can go right behind Evan in that picture to your left and be one of the Pied Pipers. Now, let me ask you this. What if one when the Nets got KD and Kyrie... Yeah. What if Boomer and Geo and Craig embrace, like, this is awesome, he's going to be great, it's going to be great to have these two, and, da, 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 and then they got into the Nets and started covering them on a daily basis? I don't know. I don't know, because... That's a great question because the Knicks fan probably doesn't want to hear it because the Knicks have not been good. Aside from a couple of years with Carmelo, it's been, and that one year, of course, I know they lost to the Hawks in the playoffs, but they had a really fun year a few years ago, uh, a couple of years ago, whatever it was. 
It's a good question. I don't know. The problem is you come out immediately and say, well, you can have him. We didn't want him anyway. Like that was, if you remember, that was the take. You know, it was, well, Kyrie's nuts and, and Durant's hurt. We, we're not interested in him. Uh, okay. If he would have come here, you would have hugged him and not let go. <laughs> so I don't really believe that either. Any Nick, I'm not just specifically to our hosts, but any Nick fan that says that, I don't buy that for a second. You're probably ticked off that he didn't want you. Like, no one's ever come to us and said, guys, no talking no. Nets. No, no, not at all. Not at all. How did Mark Chernoff feel about the Nets? I don't remember. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. I mean, it was not. A, he couldn't have hated them. They were on our station. They're still on our station. He brokered that, right? I mean, he had a part in that. I would think so. So, I don't know. Spike's I, never come to us and said, no. lay off the Nets talk. No, no and Spike's cares. a basketball fan. Loves basketball. Loves the Sixers. Been from, he's from Philly. Um, I don't think he loves the Nets, but he doesn't tell us not to talk about that. Absolutely not. Do you think uh, in most cities that have three or four franchise, three or four sports? Yes. Do you think in most cities it's NFL 1, NBA 2, Baseball 3? In most cities, yes. In most cities. In most cities, for sure. Boston, New York, Chicago. St. Louis. Baseball 2nd. Although St. Louis doesn't have anybody anymore other than the Cardinals. Um, Right. I think the Blues. That's hockey. Which actually are pretty popular there. Uh, I, right, yeah, there certain, I, I would think NFL is kings everywhere. And there are certain places where, like Pittsburgh, Buffalo, where the hockey is even a dominant oh, yeah. sports talk topic. 100%, absolutely. Buffalo, they're huge. Well, they've been bad. But when Buffalo is good, they love their hockey. But it's funny. Detroit, like, big hockey city. Like, we, we take for the things that we look at the Nets for lacking – the same thing you could say of the baseball teams, like how many people are watching, mm-hmm. how many. I've said this to you. How many, yeah, yeah I, how many people are in the stadium, and yet bad ratings. Yeah, we would never. Right, World Series, no one cares. Right, we would never not talk baseball here. Of course not. Even if the yes ratings are low or SNY. That's why yeah. I actually I said to, I don't know who was in the newsroom. Maybe it was Marco. I think. In a way, I kind of wish this news came out today because Mets and Yankees aren't playing tonight. Right. And it could have been something tomorrow that you could really sink your teeth into, and that could be your lead story. Now, Mets-Yankees last night, that's clearly, there's no doubt that that's the headline. Plus, this news came out at 11, you know, 1030 in the morning yesterday. So there's no doubt that that's pushed aside right now. Had this news come out this afternoon, tomorrow, that would be your true test tomorrow. Because if that's not the big story, I don't know what... Saquon Barkley dropping an F-bomb about being a warrior? Okay, I guess. But yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Very strange. It is. It's different. It is very different. And you're right. It's not like... See, it's funny when the Nets were really good in Jersey. You could make the case it was still Jersey. Um, and they still weren't selling... They weren't selling out playoff games with kids. Because I covered that team for three years or four. I don't remember. But I remember like... They had trouble selling out first-round playoff games. Now, they got good crowds. I'm not saying there wasn't 7,000 people at the arena. But you were like, same day, you could still get tickets. And it was just different. Even though it was Jason Kidd and Kenyon Martin and Richard Jefferson and Kittles and guys like that, it just, until they got to the finals, it felt like, well, they're not selling out. Why do we care? Well, Brooklyn, they sell out, and you've got, arguably one of the top two or three players in the world on the team. You know, Kyrie's crazy, and I think in a good way, in a weird way sometimes, as we know. But 
I don't know. They're a New York team now, and yet we don't really pay attention to them. Right. The only things we pay attention to the bad is, stuff. Yeah. Well, was the Brand- off the court weird stuff. So Brand. So last week there was a, there was a net story. I forget. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I gave it on the update. There was a Nick story and a net story, and Brandon said, "Oh, you know what? Enough. Just get them out already and let them be irrelevant." And I said, "No, no, 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 no. This is why we want it because at least all this craziness keeps them in the conversation, and so now they're going to be in the conversation." And they're not going anywhere. Yeah. And maybe they win a chance. And then Nick fans will be furious if they ever win a chance. Right. And this is all I want to see. One year. If it does, you know what? I know it's been three years. The first year doesn't count. One's hurt. The other guy, okay, fine. You've had two years so far, and it hasn't gone well. Give me one year. That's all I want to see. I want to see Ben Simmons play at an MVP level, or just play, and I want to see Durant and Kyrie give me at least 60 games together. Well, this is your year, Jerry. This Good might news. be the year. KD and Kyrie and Ben Simmons will be together. And Joe Harris is back. Nick Claxton. So All right. We shall see. All right, got to take a quick break. And by the way, Seth Curry. Oh. oh. And him too. Jerry, is he the brother of Steph Curry? Yeah, he actually, no. Seth Curry is, he's got the same name. No, he is. <laughs> Steph and Seth, they I'm named their kidding. kids? Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. And I believe the parents have since uh, divorced. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's getting ugly out Del there. Del Curry. Del Curry, yeah. Uh, quick break, 535, come right back on the fan. All right, 20 in front of 6. Hello, warm-up show. Till then, we got Boomer and Gio on a Wednesday. Very soon, by the way, we're going to have football Fridays as the summer Fridays go bye-bye. Yes, and I understand that uh, you're out for the first cool games. I'm going to have to sing that with CeeLo. I am. That is very true. Oh, Jerry, the first. Well, this will be good then. I'll have a first week cool games then a first time with jerry cool that, games yes. the week after look at this so two special cool games just to kick it off because the first one's special because it's the first one um, but i'm disappointed because yesterday i gave you the tease about how many I cool know. games it looks like there are so you kind of almost did slightly your version of your well, cool game something like that i know now good news amazon and direct tv have reached the deal jerry that will allow bars and restaurants to show thursday night football using their Direct TV boxes. Great. I don't know why. It's funny because I saw it on the show sheet. I also saw it making mm-hmm. the rounds on social media yesterday yeah. as if like this was this huge deal. Oh, Jerry. It's a big deal for bar owners. It's huge. I don't care. It's huge. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's going to be huge. I am not. I think it's cool if you go out with your friends and you watch yeah. a game. I can't do it. By the way, we're not even going to notice because... What would have been, in in order to notice this, we would have to go out for the first couple of Thursday night games and be like, where the hell's the game? They'd be like, we ain't got any way to play it. And then they get, but we're going to forget that it was even a right, thing. Right, exactly. The game will be on. Oh, look, the game's on. And that's what DirecTV wants to do with whoever next year gets uh, the Sunday ticket. They want to say, hey, you've got the Sunday ticket. Let us be the technology that delivers it to bars and restaurants. Got it. Okay. Well, if you're a bar owner, this is great news. Very good news. Great news. And if you're one that likes to watch games at the bar, great news. I'm yeah. not. I need to be in my house. Yeah. I like to hear the broadcast. I get. I guess if it's not a game that I care about all that much and I'm just going out socially, that's fine. And yes. then you want it on. It's but, a nice thing to have in the background, but you don't really care. But if I'm there and I'm into the game, I can't watch it at a bar. I just can't. 
Yeah, I used to like to go to the bars on Sunday to watch uh, all the games, but it got to the point where it's like I'd look up. I, lo- I didn't know where to look. There was just games everywhere, and the red zone is so much better. Yes, I, I, I understand. I mean, I, I'm still one that prefers watching a game. Yeah. I know, but I understand the idea of watching Red Zone all afternoon. Plus, I can't, but I get it. Plus, at home, the beer and chicken sandwiches are cheaper. Much cheaper. Yeah, and I don't have to tip anybody. That is very, very true. By the way, just for the record, yeah, the Holland Tunnel Project is a four-year project. When did it start? April of 2020. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we have two more years to that. <laughs> Oh, do you man. think we'll all well, be? Well, at some point they got to do the outbound side, don't they? Oh, don't say that. Where Jay. they can? No, 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 no. Overnight. Oh, overnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Where the inbound should open. Yeah. And the outbound, oh, you're okay. going to have to go to the Lincoln Tunnel. I, right. I would yeah. think. Yes. Anyway, sorry well, to kind of kind of veer off there, but yeah, Al and I were talking in the break about this Holland Tunnel construction, which is just I've it's had a lot. enough. I've had enough. It's a lot, Jerry. I can't take it anymore. I've also had enough of Saquon Barkley. I, I, am, I, I haven't because I am going to like the Nets at the end of this year when he has yeah. a monster season. I'm going to stand up and say, told you so. Well, that's, if he has a monster season, great. I'm hoping for it. No, you're be, not. Yes, you're, I am. Are no, you? I am. It would okay. be good for business. Jerry, I'm all for what's good that for business. That is true. That is very true. I want Saquon Barkley to take those thick thighs of his and knock <laughs> guys over. <laughs> He said he not only believes during this podcast. Yeah. Not only believe, the question was, do you feel like you're a hundred percent back? His quote was paraphrasing. It's not really a quote. All right. Uh, but I will play it. I'll play the real quote coming up at six thirty. Not only is he all the way back, he feels in better shape than he's ever been. Now this was on the something called the Second Wind podcast. Are you familiar with this podcast? <laughs> this is a direct quote from him, and I'm paraphrasing. A- Okay, so we're paraphrasing a direct quote. I didn't say quote. a direct quote. I just had a quote, and I'll have the quote for you. This is a direct quote. Can I hear that again? It's a direct quote. This is a direct quote from him, and I'm paraphrasing right. A direct quote from him, and I'm paraphrasing both on one quote. Wow. Yeah, I know. He did say, I do have the quote, Jerry, but it would be great to hear it later during your update. But yeah. I'll, 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 I'll do an interpretation for you here. This is a direct quote. I am not paraphrasing. Now it's a kill mindset. Now it's like, you know what? F everybody. I'm ready to go crazy. Yeah. Well, let's do it. Let's go. I let's agree. Let's go. I don't want to hear anything about the offensive line holding him back. Here, all right. No. And here I don't it was want nothing. And this was, I guess he was asked if he, how he feels. Oh. Do I feel like I'm back? I feel like I'm better, to be completely honest. I'm, I'm older now. I'm 25. So okay. old. That's so great. I love when people go, I'm much more mature. I'm 25. And I'm like, I'm 52 and a half almost. I still feel like a child. <laughs> yeah, and I'm still giving my ages in half. That's how young I feel. I know. I have a friend of mine who gives his age in quarters. In quarters? <laughs> yes. That's so stupid. I'd have to do the math on that. You ever go to, well, this is a dumb question. You ever go to baseball reference, Al? <laughs> Occasionally, I do. They actually, have you ever noticed the age they give? They'll give the year, the month, and the day. So they give you the eggs, like, it'll see, you know, 32 years and 271 days. Oh. So you know exactly where they're at. No, it's weird when people with babies give their baby age in months after it's past a year old. I agree. Right? I, we didn't do that. She's 27 months to old. Me, what? You're two and a half. Right. Uh, yeah. Silly. 
up to 12 months. 12 months, months is fine. Well, 11 months is fine. Yeah. But I got to be honest. Once I got to 11 months with the two kids, about a year. About a year. Yeah. How old is he? About a year. About a year and a couple months. Yeah. He's good. Two years. Not 24 months. I agree. Well, you know, where, you know where that might come from, though? It's possible. If you've ever, and I know you have sisters and you've got nieces and nephews. Yes, so I'm I sure do. you've bought clothes or things yes. like that when they were born. Yeah. When you buy the clothes early on, it's not small, extra small, medium, yeah. large. It's six months, nine months, 12 months, 18 months, 24 months. So maybe that gets ingrained in your brain. And you start thinking, how old well, was 24 months? I just bought a 24-month shirt. Right. So it's pop. But I'm with you. Two years old. The other odd thing with clothing is women's sizes come in numbers and not small, medium, large. Some of their stuff comes in small, medium, large. Some does, but you're right. For the most part, it's numbers. Yeah. I'm an eight. What What does that mean? Well, I guess may, maybe, I don't know the answer to this, but maybe the clothes designers, thinking of the mentality, don't want to say large. I don't know. Oh, I see what you're saying. I don't know. So it's easier to just say you're a 12 or an 18. or I don't know. Those would be largest. Guys don't seem to care. 18. Guys very proudly, hey, Bob, what size are you? Triple X. <laughs> <laughs> right. You got that. If you don't have that at a triple XL, it's not going to fit me. <laughs> I need room. Matter of fact, you have 4X. <laughs> you're right. Guys are very happy to be triple XL. They don't seem to care. No problem. It's also funny, too, the guys at the beach. You either see guys without their shirt on that are gigantic mm-hmm. or tight. Yeah. <laughs> very little in between. Right. Very little in between. Like if you're, if you don't weigh a lot, but don't have m- If you're soft, muscles, like most of us. Yeah. Right. Then I'll use no shirt off at the beach. <laughs> but you got a big ass belly. You're proud off. to show that off. And then the guys that are ripped. That's true. And then Asbury Park, Jerry, a lot of dudes there in, uh, Speedos. That's intimidating. Is that true? Yeah. Well, it's intimidating if you see big stuff. Yeah. I'm Boomerus Hyacin. <laughs> In a Speedo. Very right, impressive. Right. You don't want to wear the Speedo and look like a woman. Correct. You want to be... And most of the guys in Speedos are muscular. I've always thought two things. One about the Speedo. How delicate that is. How one little pinch or pull and everything's out. Right. And I always do this for a woman. The dress or the right. skirt, not even the dress, because that goes down to the ankle. The skirt. Yeah. Especially like you see these business women walking around Manhattan and it's windy and breezy. Yeah. And they're you, even holding down. You could see them sometimes yeah. holding down their skirts. I would think very, while it looks great, I would think very uncomfortable yeah. at times because you could have a Marilyn Monroe moment at any moment. Not only that, you're from the ground up. You're visible. You're yeah. Not only that, but like all the elements, air, air, <laughs> Germs. You step in a puddle. Yes, it's all available. <laughs> that is very true, especially if you're not wearing anything underneath. Yeah, it's really all available. Oh yeah. I'm, well, I'm just saying. You uh, ever a commando guy? No, never once. No, because I wear jeans a lot. That seems very uncomfortable. When you wear shorts? No. Yeah, no meaning. You know what it is? It's disgusting. It, yeah, it's disgusting, and the the zipper. Looks like that could be trouble. Hey, you can get caught. Right. You can get caught. I don't want to get caught in a zipper. Or if you wear the sport shorts like me, you go to Home Depot and you almost slice it off by mistake. By the way, yes. And when I was little, my mom caught my schween in the zipper. And I actually had to go to the doctor. I remember this is one of Break my... Break the veins! Break the veins! This is one of my earliest memories. 
You just I was said spit. your mom caught your schween in your zipper? Yeah. When I was little. <laughs> was this 20, 21? No, no. I was like really little. In fact, I recall being at the doctor's standing up on the table. With and that looking. stuck in the zipper? No, 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 no. She caught it and she took me oh, to the I doctor see. because she was she wanted to make sure she didn't hurt me. Gotcha. That you didn't cut something. Yes. That's tough. I also think, and this is true, <laughs> this is probably too much information. <laughs> no, it's not. Go for it. <laughs> I also think she thought that the the part that's sometimes purplish, I think she thought she did that with the zipper. <laughs> Break the beans! Break the beans! Yeah. And I think the doctor said, that, that's kind of the color sometimes. <laughs> By the way, what's purple? Well, sometimes. <laughs> you might want to go to the doctor today, Al. <laughs> Isn't everybody's purple? <laughs> Quick break. <laughs> we'll sort this out next. Oh, I want to see sportsman and Amy Lawrence on the Nets. <laughs> It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. All right, welcome back. Yankees beat the Mets last night. 4-2, take both games. Both teams are off tonight. Well, Jerry, did you see the video of uh, the BMW Championship uh, with Rory McIlroy? Some dude in the crowd. Oh, this remote-controlled ball? Yeah, he had a remote-controlled golf ball, which he was trying to remote-control into the hole. <laughs> He said it was a dream of his, Jerry. <laughs> to do that? <laughs> yeah, to do that. Some of us have smaller dreams. I guess. Like the girl's dream apparently in Oakland was to do that during a game. Correct. I don't know. Some of us have attainable dreams. WFAN. WFAN-FM. WFAN-FM HD1. New York. Always live on the free Odyssey app.